UCL football fans, listen up. When you watch the UEFA Champions League with Heineken, you're never watching alone, even if you're watching alone. Heineken has teamed up with some of the world's greatest footballing legends to bring you the Heineken UCL Live. Seven legendary hosts to take you through every moment of seven unmissable UCL games, and they want you to get involved. Bring the banter and the rivalry, and you could win epic prizes. Tune in using the hashtag HeinekenUCLLive on Twitter during match nights, and don't forget to enter the competition. C's and C's apply. Not for persons under the age of 18. Drink responsibly. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a on a car. Good day and welcome to the car wash. This is episode number 73, proudly brought to you by Heineken. On today's show, we do a brief recap on TTM's up and down season. We present our predictions for the PSL end of season awards. And we also discuss Bloom Celtic's continued financial struggles. And we give our previews for the CAF Champions League quarterfinal stage this weekend. Of course, I am not alone. I am your host, Slu. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahi Gang 96.7 FM's Game Time, welcome to the show. I am joined by the one and only former IX Cape Town and Mamelodi Sundowns goalie, Mr. Sean Roberts. How are you doing today? Thank you, Slu Dog. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Good to hear. And we're also joined by former Bafana Bafana, Orlando Pirates and Sundown star, Teko Mudise. How are you doing, sir? I'm easy, Chief. How are you? I'm all good, all good. You know, I told you guys I've been having a couple weird health concerns. So um, I think I, I think I need to laugh it off. You know, it's been a rough week. So I'm thinking maybe Sean Roberts can uh, cheer me up with the joke of the day. What you guys? Uh, I've been a lot of slack. Uh, I've been a lot of slack lately because I haven't been giving you any beer beer jokes. So I've got a beer joke for you. Okay. Uh, oh, obviously, it's because we sponsored the Heineken. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. A man walks into the bar with a piece of tarmac under his arm and says, a beer, please, and one for the road. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> uh, so, we start off today with pole position. Pole position. Pole position is where we present a question to our Facebook uh, readers and listeners um, or to our supporters club where we ask them to react to something that's happening in local football. And of course, this past weekend, uh, relegation strugglers um, and season long uh, kind of what's the right word for, for someone who's up and down uh, or inconsistent. I don't know what the right word is, but let's celebrate them. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The, the, the even more inconsistent than the consistent inconsistencies is has been TTM, wow. but they won the Nedbank Cup this past weekend with a one 0 victory over Chipper United. And so we asked, you know, considering their tumultuous season, change of ownership, of course, uh, being one of the most controversial sides in the league because of their Vitz purchase of of PSL uh, rights. How would you grade TTM season? Here's what you all had to say. And then the TTM media like a cool They showed to the Bayfuna Lendebe. So they were impressive at the end of the day because they knock out the big clubs like Sundowns, of which it was not easy to beat them this season. Since Sundowns, it was ruling the PSL. As for TTM, they played well during the 
the cup. But uh, in saying that, it doesn't surprise us because, like, we 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 learn to know and understand that Net Bank is the cup of of, of surpri- surprises. But now they played well. But now in the league, you know, they are not delivering. And I don't see them winning the last games because, like, history says that after winning uh, the Net Bank, most of the teams suffer after that. I don't see them surviving the relegation. Uh, TTM, I can rate them 6 out of 10. They did wonders uh, for winning the Netbank Cup. But uh, Iliki, I I don't know if uh, their form could translate to the league or what. But for, for, for their form at the Net Bank Cup, they've done well. Uh, it has been going up, up, up and up. But then on the on the league, I'm not so sure. But I so wish that they can take that uh, form to the league. And there you have it. Um, some interesting responses. And from there, I just asked the gents, you know, uh, real briefly, of course, TTM and Chipper United both turned their attentions now to the relegation battle. But how would you rate TTM season, all things considered, with this Nedbank Cup wins 7 million rand in the bag plus a spot at next season's CAF Confederations Cup. <sighs> I don't know. What do I say? Um, yeah, absolutely disgraceful on how it all started off. Um, even more disgusted at how they treated their players and obviously new ownership came in and, and changed things around. Um, I think they've got a new breath of life with Dylan Kerr there now as head coach. He seems to have changed stuff around, got the guys believing again. Um, but but um, we've seen what happened. I don't know if you guys read that article about uh, the TTM players giving back their medals. What? <laughs> After the, what? the final. Did you see that? Did you not see that? No. Nope. Did not see that. I'm going to Google that yeah. real quick. Yeah. So the, the TTM players... Um, refused to take their medals or, or, or they got their medals but subsequently gave them back to their bank because there wasn't enough for all the the whole squad to have so it was just apparent oh. spoken to a couple of the guys that were there and it was an absolute dog show what was happening um i think your team you're only given 35 medals um and the players wanted all the players to get and the management only uh, provided, I think, 20 or 21 medals for the people on the day, for the players on the day. And yes. All the players were a part of it. I can see here, 11 uh, players were excluded, including uh, Mapangule, uh, Nedzamba, Ngele. A bunch of players did not receive. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, they protested. They protested and gave the medals back. So, I don't know. So, in essence, the answer to your question, that sums up TTM, doesn't it? I mean, it's just... Uh, I, I, I'm not saying, I, yeah, it's crazy, man. It's it's absolutely crazy. It's it's a whirlwind of ups and downs this season for them. Um, I don't know the new owner. I hope he's he's better than the previous one. He's got seven million rand now, so I hope he he pays back certain debts that are owed. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's a, a massive high winning the NetBank Cup. Um, obviously, the low of the lows of where they are in the league and how it actually started off. Um, I, I do think they will survive, though. I think there's enough quality in that squad to survive. And I think Leopards are gone, and I think Chipper will go as well. That, that's my prediction of who's going to get relegated. But uh, I'm hoping... Um, yeah, uh, there's a couple of very good players in that squad that that you that you say a coach like Dylan Kirk can work with and, 
And I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's given time and a couple more additions that they could finish top eight uh, next season. But um, I'm not the, not the biggest fan of TTM, to be honest, at the moment. But that's that's how I see the season going past. And by the way, another interesting story to come out in the past couple of days um, since the NetBank Cup win is that uh, TTM's chairman, the new chairman, Abraham Sello, is giving all of the 7 million rand winnings to players, staff and other members of the team. So that's quite a nice uh, step in the right direction as well. But uh, Teko, overall, mm-hmm. how would you rate TTM season, which obviously rests on their relegation battle, but um, an, a good bit of triumph for them um, after all of their struggles? Look, you, you're right, Slu. I think um, for me, the, the most positive thing that I can say about TTM was um, probably maybe winning the NetBank Cup. Yeah. Um, other than that, I think they've, they've, they've had their share problems and uh, and with, with all the quality players that they have, at the end of the day, all the problems that are happening outside the pitch, they really, really affected what was happening on the pitch and they couldn't actually find you know, the right formula to, to, to work it out, even after the new ownership. And uh, of course, with Dylan Kerr coming in, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that things will be fine, but at least they play a little bit better. But also, do they have enough time to actually come back and and survive relegation? Because I think that's that that's that's the topic right now. Because winning the NetBank Cup and be not be able to to defend it while we in the PSL, I think that will be something else. And, yeah. And and you look at you look at you look at the the, the remaining fixtures that they have i mean it's i, I heard sean saying that he, he strongly believed that ttm will survive and i'm like sean <laughs> okay um <laughs> I, I i i'm struggling to 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 figure that out because they 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 playing murray's back next next and they have baroka again and before they meet cheaper you know they're playing two important games which is murray's back again and, and baroka and those are two teams that are Mm. that are doing very, very well. And uh, Murray's back now, they're not talking about relegation anymore, especially after the victory yesterday. So this is going to be very, very tough for, 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 for TTM. And, and if TTM actually do go to the playoffs, I don't see them coming back. So they have to, with, with, with all the issues still, you know, after winning the Olympic Cup, you'll be hoping that the spirit should be high and, uh, you know, that determination should be, you know, on the, a different level. But still, there's... Clearly, there's still problems for the fact that players, all the players that are getting the medals, it tells you a lot about TTM. It tells you that probably those who didn't, who are not given the, the medals are not important to the team or the team doesn't regard them as people that are, you know, they should be using come next season or probably maybe they didn't contribute to the team's success. And that's wrong in the first place because now if you come out as a chairman and say, I'm giving 7 million to all the players and uh, the technical stuff, but why aren't you giving all the players the medals as well? So it's yeah, one I don't believe him, so bro. For me, TT, <laughs> yeah, I don't even believe him. But even 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 top teams, my friend, they don't give all the players seven million. So I don't even believe that. So, but for me, is I I strongly believe that the, the struggles that TTM have will continue all the way through until the last game of the season. And uh, and mm. with with what the players have shown, especially in the Manetburn Cup, I think they've, they've they put themselves out there for other teams, especially to look at them probably for next season because um, I don't think players there that are playing to make sure that uh, the relegation is survived. It's just, I think they're just marketing themselves for the next team next season. Yeah, it should be an interesting one. Uh, you know, TTM, they did lose to Supersport United last night. Um, 
and they finish off with a match against Orlando Pirates, which is not going to be easy at all. Um, the interesting thing, though, is so so uh, despite the loss last night, they have a game in hand on on um, what's it, uh, Chipper United and Stellenbosch. And if they win that game in hand, they could potentially jump into twelfth. Um, because Marisburg are sitting uh, in 12th or 28 points, just three points ahead. So uh, there's an opportunity to 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 get out of that relegation zone before the last couple games, but they'll have to take their chances. Um, but from there, we move into our predictions for the PSL end of season awards. Um, it's, you know, it's funny if if you had asked us uh, three months or four months into the season. Um, it would have been a much different conversation because we wouldn't have been considering guys like Benny McCarthy, who's uh, led a resurgent Amazulu side to glory. Um, we probably would have had guys like Brendan Truter in that conversation, who still deserves his, his flowers, but obviously Swallows aren't the same Swallows from earlier this season. Um, but they're still in the running for third position. So let's, let's start with coach of the season candidates. Um, you obviously have... The likes of Benny McCarthy, who'll be leading the fray. You have uh, Mandan Tukazi, um, he'll be leading the fray for Golden Arrows. And of course, um, you know, the Sundowns coaching trifecta. Um, who would you guys uh, have as your coach of the season at the moment? Yeah, Slew, I think you, you've, you've, you've really said most of it, to be honest. Um, but, you know, if we go back six months or, or seven months, you would have had to say, wow, what, what's true to doing at Swallows? You know, this is amazing. This is a this is a dream start. My money's on him. Um, and then he's obviously broken the record in terms of how many draws they've got. And, and they're playing well. They're not losing games. And they're just not winning enough. And, and that's the problem. And in the PSL, you, you need to be, you know, it, it baffles me how they're still in the position that they are after drawing so many games. It's, it's, it's quite phenomenal. But um, yeah, you, you've got to look at, I mean, I mean, the obvious ones like sundowns, but how do you sort of group that as a head coach? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, that's a bizarre one. You can't have three oaks walking up there and getting a medal. But um, I think with what Benny has done in such a short period of time, it cannot be ignored. Um, and it's, it's, it's short of miraculous, if you ask me. Um, and I hope he does carry this, this form through to the end of the season. I think sundowns are going to win the league. I've said that plenty. Um, but in terms of how much change one person can make into a squad um, in such a short period of time, that, that cannot be ignored. So my money's on Benny. Money's on Benny. Teko, who you got? Uh, uh, Slow. Look, first of all, I, I, I really don't understand how um, um, the coaches of the season have been selected. I remember we had a discussion about when 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 Trita got I think the coach of the month when Sundowns had games in hand mm. and uh, Trita still got the coach of the month I don't think Sundowns have had any trophy this season in terms of even personal like the coach or the player um oh. maybe Shalulile player of the month uh, I don't know no but... I don't I don't think so I don't I don't remember if it happened and then yeah it's one of those but I don't I don't remember Sundowns winning one of those especially for for coach of a month since we 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 on that subject as yet yes benny 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 has done well and um um look there were at some point we had conversation that we can benny do it you know everybody in the country um was saying that especially before sundance played all of the pirates 
Yeah. People were excited because we finally we have something to speak about besides sundowns. But I think because of because of the success of Mamelodi Sundowns, I think we 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 generally don't want to give them more because they have so much. But we also forget the, the the type of work that comes with all the superstars to make them play as a unit as a team. It's 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 very very mm. difficult. Not everybody can do that. Mm. And I think with 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 what Mangobe has done, even though we can say there's three coaches, but at the end of the day, there's there's one that that calls the shot, and it's always been Mangobe. I don't think yeah. he's he's been given enough credit, especially this season. And uh, you look at where Mamelodi Sundowns is and where it started. Mamelodi Sundowns were only maybe um not number one probably for like 24 hours the mm. rest of the season they've been number one and uh, they've got only they lost only one game and uh, and it looks like they're going to continue with that and in good space as well in the in the champions league but for me is if, if we're speaking about excitement if we're speaking about uh, so much change and bringing excitement to the league yes i'll give it to ben but if you're speaking about the consistency and the dominance I'll, I'll i'll give it to my own irrespective of what sundance has been doing the last 10 years because the, mm. the thing is mm. as much as i want benny to continue with that i love benny and i've loved what he has done at, at, at amazulu but but how do you discredit it how do you how do you know my no, no, his, sure. his work at sundance how do you you know, yeah. so, so for me, for me, it's 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 Mangoba because I think the person that's supposed to win the coach of the year, it's supposed to be the person that won the league. Yeah, and they've been dominant all season. You're you're absolutely right, and they have a couple candidates for the footballer of the year. Um, so the candidates I'm going to list off as as we just hit this one up. Uh, I, I think I think I I know who your guesses are probably going to be, but I'm going to go off kickoffs list of players. Uh, top of their list is of course Peter Shalulile, um, and then obviously last season winner Tembazwane um, and then uh, Ruzai Hamaldin for Swallows FC they also have Mdantane for Cape Town City they have Bradley Hrobler of course top scorer at the moment uh, and 17 goals across competitions uh, for Super Sports United then they have uh, Fortune Makaringe for Pirates Dion Hotto as well for Pirates and Augustine Mulenga for Amazulu so um, who is your money on you know of course of course there's some there's some stars that are talent over there and it's a tough one, but it feels easy. But you do want to give other players their, their due respect. So, Sean, who's your money on? Yeah, it's not so much a tough <laughs> one for me. Um, uh, yeah, I think if you look at, and I said, a, I'll say a similar thing I said about Benny, but you look at um, a player who comes into a massive team. Sundowns is a massive team and has made such a massive difference. Um, you know, in Peter Shalulile, they, they cannot be discarded. I don't think, yes, and Brady Hubler, uh, top goal scorer so far. He, for me, he's a close second. Um, but I, I don't, I just cannot, you cannot discount the fact what a big achievement this is for Peter Shalulile um, and how much change he's brought. And, how, and, and you see it when he's not playing and how Sundowns isn't quite the same. And for, for one single player to, I wouldn't say carry a team, it's unfair, but to make such a drastic difference in a massive team um, is huge. So w- without a doubt, in my opinion, the player of the season should be Peter Shalalile. Peter Shalalile, 11 goals, six assists this season. Uh, who you got, Teko? I mean, you've just said that we need to give Sundowns their flowers. Uh, so is your money on the same guy? Look, it, it, it is on the same guy. Um, I- 
like Shona said, there's so many games that Sundowns, not so many games, but there's games that the Sundowns were playing. Peter was in there, and you can see that something's lacking within the team. And um, I think this is what uh, Timberswani was to Sundowns last season. Even though Timberswani's stats now, they're way better than when he won Football of the Year. Mm. But still, you, you, you cannot, you know, um, um, ignore Peter Shalili's contribution, especially coming from a team and that was playing so different to Mamid Sanas to be able to adjust and, and command a regular place that uh, with the stars started Mamid Sanas, I mean, that's commendable. And for me, for me, it's there's no doubt, there's no even a question. I don't even have to think about it. It's finished, but there's no other way. And it's just that it was going to be very interesting, just that unfortunate that, you know, uh, probably had an injury that took him forever, but he came back. Luckily, and they will continue, but nobody could catch him with his top goal. So I just hope that, you know, Bradley gets something end of the season, you know, whether it's top goal scorer or something like that, because I think he is, he served uh, the PSO very well. And at some point, somebody is to give him something. But, Lou, I don't understand how others are there. Yo, Makaringe and what ah, guys come on. <laughs> Ah, That's kickoffs listen up, man. Nah, come on. Like, like, I, I, no, no, guys, no, no, no. Look, no. look, you, 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 you putting your, 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 your makaringe, your, your, your photo there. No problem. Put put your mail as well. Mm. Sure, sure. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, where, where? For me, mm. that's why I've always, I've always asked this question. How, how do you get to choose players? Do you choose the amount of games they play? Because if you have to go with numbers, because in South Africa there's one thing that we don't want, we don't want to do. We don't want to choose players, or we don't want to go in football. We don't want to. We ignoring the numbers, stats. the stats. Yeah. You know, yeah. you look at, you look at, uh, you look, you look at Kutumela is, is one of the top four goal scorers in the league. You know. And you look at you look at where, where how he's carrying his team from survival. That's a tough, tough job. It's it's, it's more difficult to do in relegation than to do it on the on the team that is about to win the league. And 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 you look at you look at the stats, you look at the numbers of, of Hoto, you look at the numbers of Makaringa, they're not even close to Kutumel. But yet Kutumel has not been mentioned. This That's, is true. So Crazy. for me it's 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 it's, it's guys, I you know what? It's okay, guys. I, I understand. I understand, but I don't understand as well. <laughs> I just feel like I just feel like we we need to look at the whole league. Yes, I remember Mdontani was on form, um, but uh, the last couple of months, you know, he hasn't uh, he hasn't hit the form that he was on, especially in the first round of the league mm. where he was scoring eight goals. I think he was one of the top goal scorers at some point. As a midfielder, that's yeah, very, very difficult. That's what I'm saying. And then now you look at all the games that he has played, you're looking at the assist that he has, you look at the contribution that he has, and then you compare that to 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 all the other guys. I think that's where you should supposed to put them. Like when you say number one, you need to say number one because of the stats, not because of you like the guy, not because of your favorite team. Mm. I think that's where South African football should be shifting in terms of the numbers, instead of looking at if this guy no, we shouldn't select Peter Shalili just because Peter Shalili is uh, taxing his jersey the whole game. <laughs> Peter Shalili goes back and tackle and, and defend and, and do all this stuff. We need to look at his contribution towards the team. We need, we need to look at his influence in the team. You know, that's what we need to look at. We need to look at when we select somebody, we need to look at the stats. I think they've been ignored for so many years and so many people. When they get our award, that's why we sometimes push in that because we don't understand. And I think if, if it was an open discussion in the country, things would be much easier. 
Yeah, so we will see what nominees list comes out. It should be very, very interesting, but I think we can all agree Shalili is probably a shoe-in for that award. It's, co- it's coach of the season that's going to be a little bit more debatable, I think. Uh, but from there, we move on to the international news desk. But first, let's pay some bills and have a word from our sponsors. UCL football fans, listen up. When you watch the UEFA Champions League with Heineken, you're never watching alone, even if you're watching alone. Heineken has teamed up with some of the world's greatest footballing legends to bring you the Heineken UCL Live. Seven legendary hosts to take you through every moment of seven unmissable UCL games. And they want you to get involved. Bring the banter and the rivalry and you could win epic prizes. Tune in using the hashtag Heineken UCL Live on Twitter during match nights. And don't forget to enter the competition. T's and C's applies. Uh, not for persons under the age of 18, drink responsibly. Now, let's dive into international news. For that, we are joined by Sokola Duma's international news correspondent, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield. How are you doing, Kurt? Good, sir. How are you, man? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, so, with uh, <laughs> Manchester City being officially crowned as... English Premier League champions Um, and obviously with the Champions League final in the horizon I think it's a good time to talk about Pep Guardiola's legacy Um, you know we forget that this man is still 50 years old and he's already done so much across Europe's top leagues Um, but uh, I mean you know I I, the reason why I specifically asked you about this Kurt is because I saw people on Twitter starting to because people love you know I'm tired of people love doing all-time rankings once somebody does something cool, right? Oh. So, you know, it was yeah. like with, with Kingsley Command, people were like, oh, this many league titles before 24. And it's like, relax. He's not the best player on any of those teams. But that's not the case with Pep Guardiola, though. Uh, but they're already doing the, where does he rank among the Premier League's best ever managers? Uh, so with that in mind, uh, I asked you, what what is, um, first of all, what do you make of Pep's legacy now that he's captured another league title? And where do you think he ranks all time in the Premier League in terms of coaches? It's such a difficult question because I was thinking of how I'm going to respond to this if you put it that way, because we all know who I'm going to, I'm going to choose as, as number one, and that's uh, Sir Alex Ferguson. Arsene Wenger. Purely, purely, purely based on longevity and, and being at the same club for, what is it, 26 years um, yeah. and winning all those trophies. I don't think that football will ever see anything like that again. But yeah, I mean, Pep Guardiola is obviously somebody who I've been a huge fan of from 2008 when he first arrived. Um, and I've absolutely loved watching his teams uh, play in the Premier League. Um, I think he is one of the all-time greats. Um, I, f- I think people have kind of enjoyed watching Pep um, fall short in the Champions League in recent seasons because it, it makes it easier for them to, or it strengthens their argument, uh, you know, calling him a, a fraud, fraudiola, the ball fraud. Um, <laughs> but it's just absolute nonsense. He is one of the best managers of all time, if not the best. Um, you know, I think you shouldn't only judge a manager by what he's won and considering that sir alex ferguson is the manager with the most trophies in world football of course sure and and longevity that makes him outstanding but pep Guardiola, as a football coach i don't think anybody even comes close to that um i think that 
you can see his influence in how so many young managers around the world have tried to mimic his, his philosophy and his style. Managers like Thomas Tuchel, Julian Nagelsmann, um, Graham Potter at Brighton. These managers, of course, have all got their own unique, um, uh, you know, unique. They've they've tweaked those systems in their own unique way. But what Pep Guardiola reintroduced to, uh, to football in 2008, when he took over that Barcelona team. Um, was just incredible. Total football. Everybody wanted a piece of it. Um, and, and his influence is is everywhere now. You see it absolutely everywhere. The sweeper keeper. Goalkeepers now need to be very good on the ball. Centre-backs need to be ball-playing centre-backs. I mean, that term, you, you, you wouldn't have heard it 10 years ago. Now everybody talks about ball-playing mm. centre-backs. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the high press. Uh, the False nines. The, the false nines, the short, intricate passing players standing close to each other on the field, the triangles, the third man running. All of this is because of Pep Guardiola. Everybody has tried to mimic his style. Um, and then it goes beyond what coaches have tried to do, but on players. You know, young players like Phil Foden might not exist today if not for that Barcelona team. Phil Foden would have grown up watching that Barcelona team, trying to play like Messi, trying to play like Iniesta. And suddenly after, I think it was after 2010, there's this major influx of Spanish coaches in the Premier League. Um, and everybody just wanted a piece of that. Everybody wanted to try and achieve what he did. Um, and now we're seeing Pep do that in England. And, you know, it would just be amazing if he topped it off with, with this Champions League win. But yeah, I think Slu is probably the, the you know, the, the list doesn't really matter, but he's probably the best football coach that, you know, the sport's ever seen. Yeah, that's one of the things that that I tripped about because like the list is weird when you say uh, greatest all time in the Premier League. Because for me, for example, I would say if if you look at players, the 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 best individual player in the Premier League, I'll always argue was Thierry Henry for the time that he was there. But the most talented player to ever play in the Premier League was obviously Cristiano Ronaldo. But it, you know, it's a tough list when you go all time, particularly, you know, we recently saw it with Aguero. Where does he rank all time Premier League strikers? Um, but it's, it's, it's difficult. I passed the question to the gents. Uh, what do you make of Pep's legacy and where, you know, you know, if you were forced to go into your head, where does Pep rank in terms of all time Premier League coaches? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think Kurt's explanation is, was phenomenal. I mean, um, yeah, he's just redefined total football, hasn't he? Or he's brought it to the game. Um, yeah, it, it's it, it is a tough one. I mean, it, it's 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 either him or Sir Alex in, in terms of who's the greatest. But but if they do not win the Champions League, oh my God, I, I don't know. I I just it's, uh, <laughs> it's it's it'll just put all this conversation to waste. I think uh, mm. I think there's so much pressure on him to bring this trophy to City and pressure on himself because if he does we could potentially call call him the greatest ever. I don't know if we can just yet, Kurt, but if he does, um, I think we can. That, that's that's my honest opinion. Oh, yeah! Deco, where do you rate him? Look, um, like, what, what, what Pep has done is actually um, changed the whole football and the whole world. Um, he... he his influence is is uh, it's difficult for it to ignore. Um, for those who can't actually um, try to play his style, they try to take bits and pieces of it and trying to use it again okay, and in their teams as well. Like he's been that influential, and then in my lifetime, I haven't seen a coach that has been so influential in and in just football as in general. 
if before Pep Guardiola, mm. we always had great teams that had great individuals that won them games. You know, it, and when I remember, I used to watch how Arsenal used to play when the Arsenal they were called. What were they called at the time? Um, I think Arsenal when they, I don't know when they were dominating, they were, they they had a nickname. What oh, the Invincibles? Yeah, yeah, but yes, now, yes. So, yes, so yes. I remember then when they were playing. I, I used to watch them how they were playing. You know, you know that when when Bergkamp is on the pitch, they play slightly different because he's not a sprinter, he's not a runner, and um, and he's more clever. He's got the passes, got the goals. You know, it was it was always been individuals. You look at Manchester United as well. You know, the gigs will run the whole day. You know, they're different, difficult, uh, different players, but they had different qualities. But what Pep brought into football is to make sure that the whole team click, the whole team play. You know, uh, at the same pace, and most of the time, the the team needs to travel with the ball. They need to move with the ball. At first, we, the ball will go, and then uh, the team will follow behind. And I think if you look at mm. what he's done in Spain and he moved to Bayern, what he has done, if you watched Bayern when Pep was there, it was a total different Bayern than what you see now. Mm. And uh, he came to England and and, and and those conversations before he started, um, that say, would he be able to dominate the, the, would he be able to dominate EPL, which he's doing right now? You look at how other teams in England, for instance, how other teams are starting to play. Because in England, my friend, there was Stoke City. Their throw-in was a penalty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, everybody was playing mm. with a tall striker, you know, put the ball inside the uh, the box and let's let's fight for it. But now there's more build-up, there's more structure. There's, uh, that's, that's, that's the influence that he has. And for me, is, is even if he doesn't win the Champions League, but he will win the Champions League, but even if he doesn't, I don't think that will shoot, de- uh, define his career as a coach. Because I think there's a lot, because he's still young, there's a lot of things that he still need to achieve and there's a lot of changes that he still needs to bring into the into the football world. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, think about it like this. Um, when Pep Guardiola was born, uh, Bafana coach Hugo Bruce was a 19-year-old young man. So there's <laughs> still, <laughs> still a while to go in that career. Um, and from there, we move on to Juventus. Uh, and this story is interesting. Um you know, I see a great irony here uh, because of what, what happened with the Super League. But Juventus could potentially miss out on the UEFA Champions League. They currently sit two points, oh, sorry, one point behind Napoli. So they sit in fifth. Um, so it's it's all about Napoli and Milan just ahead in third and whether or not they lose or draw any of their remaining two matches. But at the moment, Juventus's Champions League future rests in Milan and Napoli's hands. Um, oh. But we could be seeing... Cristiano in the Europa League next season. Um, wow. I mean, I, I think he'd probably try and leave before that happens. But um, you know, it's it's just just the irony of Juventus trying to escape the Champions League for something better, and now not being able to make Champions League is is wild to me. So, um, you know, uh, Kurt, what do you what do you make of of Juventus's struggles? How do you think they would respond if they if they don't make the Champions League? How do you think Ronaldo would respond? Um, and do you see them, do you see, or like, who's your money on? Do you see Juventus, you know, somehow sneaking in there or not? I think it all depends on, as you just mentioned, how Napoli, AC Milan, Atalanta do. Because all of them are ahead of Juventus. Um, and if they slip up, if they maybe lose one or two games or both of their remaining games, remember there are two matches left, then of course Juventus have a chance. But Juventus' two remaining games is, eight, is Inter Milan. Yeah. Um, who will 
do absolutely everything to, to not <laughs> let Juventus win that game. I mean, can you imagine? And then Bologna, who haven't had a, a poor season by, by any means. So, uh, I don't know, Slu, but I, I think, look, if Juventus fail to qualify for the UEFA Champions League, Ronaldo will not stay. I can guarantee you that. He will not stay. He hasn't been at, or he hasn't not played in the Champions League in his entire career. Since he joined Manchester United, Ronaldo has not spent a season um, without Champions League football. So there's absolutely no way he won't he won't leave. Um, then they will look at Perlo and sack him. They had a, a meeting, Juventus held a meeting this week. Um, I think it was Monday after their 3-0 uh, loss to AC Milan in Serie A. And they they made to discuss Perlo's future. They decided to at least give him until the end of the season. But without Champions League football, or if Perlo fails to qualify for the Champions League, then he'll be sacked too. So I think There'll be a lot of changes. Um, it, it will have a lot of repercussions. But um, who knows? Um, who knows what will happen? I, you know, I personally, just because of of what the the chairman Andrea Agnelli tried to do with the uh, the, the Super League, which, by the way, he still has not pulled out of. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm kind of hoping. Yeah, yeah, he's he's refusing to give up. Um, I'm I'm kind of hoping that they they don't qualify. But let's see what happens. Uh, gents, what do you think the implication would be if, uh, or one, um, you know, Ronaldo's been linked with Manchester United and he'll obviously be able to find a Champions League team. There's no doubt about mm. that. Uh, but um, what, what do you make of the chances of Juventus, Super League founders uh, alongside yeah. Barca and Madrid uh, not making the UEFA Champions League that they so so badly wanted to leave <laughs> yeah i mean isn't that the, the epitome of irony right um look i think i think for the uv faithful um it's horrific news it's unfathomable that a team of uv stature will not qualify for the champions league it's just it's it's not okay but on the flip side for the neutrals like myself um to get to see ronaldo potentially going back to united i'm not a united fan but it'll be great for the premier league um there's obviously some positives out of it for the neutrals but it's just unfathomable that uh, the Champions League will potentially be without Juventus. It's, it's absolute madness. But uh, that's football for you guys. Isn't it beautiful? Right. You never know. Oh. Deco, what's your, what's your thoughts? Uh, Chief, for me, is I don't... Uh, they shouldn't qualify. I don't think they will qualify. Merely because I think there's, there's, there's a lot of changes that needs to be done that Juventus team. And if they actually do qualify, sometimes, you know, with the those type of successes you know it means something you know you're doing something great what else you're not of course they didn't win the league but i don't think they should qualify purely because there's a lot of players that needs to bounce from there and uh, number one is ronaldo um i think i think before ronaldo came in i think diabala was on top of his game you know mm -hmm. and uh, for me it was sad to see diabala playing second fiddle from from of course the legendary Ronaldo, but he just did it with his potential and the age that he was in, and uh, it just did. I know how teams treat these type of players as well. So yes, there are potential that Ronaldo might come into the PSL, uh, EPL, and if 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 that happens, um, would he be the guy for Manchester United? I still don't think so. It just did. I think probably maybe Manchester United trying to reheat the French fires that they had long time ago mm -hmm. i think this i think i think the thing is we we need to uh, you know be at peace with ourselves that ronaldo won't hit the form that he was at especially with the real madrid before he left you know yeah, now sure. he's a 
is a goal scorer and I think we're still looking at Ronaldo. I don't even remember seeing Ronaldo, you know, bypassing a player with a step over or something. <laughs> I think it's just, yeah. it's just a goal scorer. And for me, yes, it'll be interesting to see where he goes from here because Ronaldo always goes to a team that wants to win the league because he wants to be in the Champions League all the time. But we'll see whether he will be able to play in the Europa. Will he stay at Juventus? I think those are the topics that we'll see. But with the financial crisis that everybody's in, I don't think Ronaldo will stay. So, but but Kurt, my question, quick question, Kurt. Yeah. Uh, how, how long do you think United's? Uh, how long do you think uh, Ronaldo's got left in him? Realistically, he's thirty-six now. I would say another. I, I, I would say at least another three years. Never. <laughs> no, he does. I'm telling Never. you, he does. Never. I'll tell you why, Craig. I'll tell you. No. I'll, I'll tell you why, Kent. <laughs> I don't mean at the top of his game, though, Tepo. I just mean Ronaldo's pride and ego will not let. He will not. He will stick around oh. until he can't run anymore. Yes, and he can't run anymore. But, but that's what I mean. That's what I mean. <laughs> let me tell. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why. It's <laughs> <laughs> a debate. Look, look, look. No, no, no. It's not. It's it's just that I've I've uh, with how Ronaldo plays. Now, Ronaldo is one of those players that doesn't necessarily get injured because he trains well. He does yeah. stuff. But once you get to that age, your body starts telling you stuff. And once you start getting your smaller, smaller injuries, they become more. So now every game, now you have to play with painkillers or something like that. And with the type of football that he plays and with the demands that he has for himself and the, the expectations, I promise you, I promise you, there's no way even Ronaldo will finish the next season. Wherever he goes, he won't finish the next season. Wow. Not, not that he'll retire. Not that he'll retire. But I'm saying he won't finish next season playing um, the whole season. Because, look... This uh, ever since Ronaldo started, even with his age, he hasn't been managed very well. Whenever he's fit, Ronaldo plays. Yeah. Look, I will say, Teko, I'll jump on that and say that Zidane tried. Yeah. I remember when yeah. when when Zidane took over Real Madrid, uh, games before Champions League nights, um, like uh, Spanish fixtures, Ronaldo was on the bench and he would he would be left out the squad. Um, so Zidane tried to manage him a bit better, but that's why I think that. It's very important when you consider where he could go. You look at a team that could offer him that that same thing, where he can he can kind of sit out when he wants to in in certain league games, and that's why a team like PSG might make more sense. Looks like yeah. Messi's going to stay at Barcelona, so he can kind of go to France, miss out on a few League One games against sides that PSG will definitely win, and just be fit for those uh, Champions League nights. And that's you know we know that that's what Ronaldo wants. He's always been a tournament player. Um, or especially a Champions League player, um, and that's—I don't know. I mean, that's why I just think that he will see out the next like three or four years at the top. I, I don't think Ronaldo is going to want to retire anytime uh, soon. It's going to end in tears, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should be very, very interesting to see. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll keep a close eye on Juventus and where they finish. Uh, but that's all for the international news desk today. Thank you very much, Mr. Kurt Buckerfield, for joining us on the show. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Cheers, Cheers Buckerfield. Boys. And from there, we just wanted to include a quick snippet of an interview we did with Stephen Pienaar for The Big Interview, uh, which came out yesterday. If you want to check it out, head over to slpodcast.co.za. Uh, but here's Pienaar chatting about um, what he's thought of this season's Champions League and who he's got his money on in the final. Have a listen. The, the supporters, the, the atmosphere in the stadium, um, Ajax supporters singing to the Bob Marley uh, song when you walked out. And then th that that moment when the Champions League anthem comes on, oh, the, my, it's like you get chicken chicken skin, you know, the, the goosebumps was just, that was an unbelievable uh, feeling, you know, just to walk out and hear the anthem. Then you, you knew that 
this is the highest level of club football that you've reached. And for me, as a boy from Westbury, uh, I couldn't believe it every time I walked out onto the field. Um, it's uh, obviously Heineken always bring the game to the people, no matter where you are in the world. So that's uh, that's what we we enjoy about Heineken. And for me, you know, obviously interacting with the with the, with the supporters, with the fans, uh, it's it's been uh, unbelievable. The banter with the supporters on Twitter, it's been it, it's been off the chart, you know. And I I, I really enjoy being involved, uh, getting under skins of the fans, and you know, and the excitement about the the games. It's been the level. Is been unbelievable this this season and from there we move on to this uh, story it feels like one of those stories that just uh, keeps on coming back uh, every single season and that's Bloemfontein Celtic's financial struggles I remember there were jokes last season uh, calling Celtic charity cases because they worked for free um, you know because they, they they you know there was times when they didn't get paid um, and that 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 seems to have uh, come up again recently Sokola Dumasier crew reported in the paper actually uh, that uh, there was players who were waiting for their April salaries. Apparently they got paid on the 28th of April, but there were still members of the technical team who hadn't gotten paid. Um, you know, they, they narrowly avoided a player strike in April because of it. Uh, and also this is after the news that we got a couple months back where uh, Max Shabalala, the Bloom Celtic owner, came out and said that their CEO, uh, Kumbulani Kongo, has been retrenched. So, uh, you know, with again with Bloom Celtic, their their form in the season never seems to reflect their financial issues. They 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 always kind of ride around the same place, eighth, ninth, tenth. Um, you know, I think they they still have a narrow shot at top eight the season, but they're in eleventh. Um, but you know, is this is this a team that needs drastic change? I remember there was rumors that. Um, Tim Sugazi before he made the Highlands Park purchase that he was going to buy Celtic, but Celtic got saved by some random free state businessmen. Um, is this a team where you want to see some drastic change going down? Um, or do you think that, you know, you know, given the reality of, of, of the situation, that financial struggles aren't surprising to any of these teams? Slu, um, it just shows sometimes how badly run certain football football clubs are you know if 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 bloom celtic was structured in a way because they have a massive massive following and it's it's you know and and it's a massive massive team don't discount how big bloom celtic are and bloom celtic when you play them away it's not a pretty away game it's it's a very very difficult game so to so get a point or three points away at bloom celtic you've done well um but there just needs to be i don't know what's happening on the sponsorship side obviously there's no sponsors at the moment but you need to go into Bloom Celtic and see what's happening. The same we've spoken about Salford. Like, what is actually happening at Bloom Celtic? And why, why, why are players not getting paid? And, and this whole Patrick Tinyem as well, they still hasn't been paid. He's three million rand he's owed from being uh, released um, a, a while back and that wasn't done fairly. But, you know, surely the PSL have to step in and, and just give some guidance on how to run these bloody football clubs because at the end of the day, if these guys go bankrupt, TTM go bankrupt, all these other clubs go bankrupt, what's going to happen? You know, you're relying on Sundowns to run the league, basically. And that's basically what's happening at the moment. Um, but it's just, it's not okay, man. It's not okay. I, th I think the PSL should sit, step in now and, 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 and assist in how to run a football club because you're getting non-football people running football clubs and this is what's happening. Deco, your thoughts? Sean, you're right, especially uh, with what we've seen this year where teams are changing ownership left, right and center, teams are selling, 
Mm. People are buying. I, I think we need to. I think Safa need to go back and 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 the PSL actually needs to go back and look at the rules and people should be following the rules and I think everybody should be screened whenever they buy a team and um, and like you said they should allow. Of course, there, there are going to be business people that wants to come and invest in, into the game. We cannot deny them that. But also let's look at their books whether they will be able to run the team at least past two seasons. Mm. And um, and with all the grant that is being given to other clubs as well, you'll be hoping that there's that there will be some 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 sort of a structure that is there for for teams to follow. But clearly, if with the Bluefield Celtics team um, uh, with so much history with what's going on there, it's 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 not nice. Um, it's not something that some of us want to see. Look, Celtics always gives us something within the season. You know, last season they've done great. You know, two finals. You know, and then you come back this season, and then you're trying to, you know, retain the players that you have. Yet again, you don't, you don't play, you're not paying them. I think that's why Lithonola left. Siema, that is. I think he was just because everybody, guys, we know we love this game, but at the end of the day, it's it's it's, it's our job. We're feeding our families with this, and we need to get paid. And 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 it's it's totally unfair for people to 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 give you savings and then you're not getting paid for that. And I think with Bluefield Celtics, I think if they're not gonna sort out their issues um, with with all the the fine, I think they they're in a transfer ban if I'm not mistaken. If they're not gonna sort out their yes. issues, that they're not gonna pay TM, they'll be deducted ten points, which means they'll be in the, in the relegation zone. If you mm. rem- if you remember, there was a team that was relegated like that. I think when was it? I mean, uh, IX. Oh yes, yes, yes. IX, IX was very good. Like then look at look at them now. Look at them now. Yeah. So so you 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 don't want to listen to FIFA. You don't want to respect the rules. You don't want to follow the rules. That will happen. So do you want to lose a 35 million um, status for three million? I think it doesn't make business sense. I think if yeah. you have to pay a final uh, an arrangement, whatever the case might be, do it because otherwise you're gonna lose. You're gonna be in relegation and. Why are you still owing players in the PSL? Imagine that in Glen Africa. Yeah. So, Bluefield Celtics owners, they need to do it for 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 Bluefield Celtics fans because those are loyal, loyal fans. And they need that team to survive in the PSL. They're hoping, you know, that once they back into the pitch, into the stadium, you know, they'll do what they're supposed to do to support the team. But also, as a financial person that drives the car, drives the car well. Yeah. I don't think they do it. Mm. Mm. Indeed, indeed. Uh, from there, we move real quickly into this week in football history. Today, we remember great moments from the past. We dive into the time capsule. Join us as we remember great moments from this week in football history. Uh, this week, back in 2011, with Celtic leading Hearts 2 to 0, Celtic manager Neil Lennon was attacked by a home supporter. Um, he hadn't gotten a lot of good fanfare. He actually received bullets in his mail uh, five months earlier. Um, and and there was an attempted letter bombing um, in the March just before that. So not a, not a great run for Neil Lennon over there. Uh, this week back in 2012, wow. Juventus completed Serie A with, oh, sorry, as undefeated champions with a 3-1 victory over Atalanta. Oh, how the mighty have fallen so far. And this week, we wish a happy birthday to Orlando Pirates defender Ntigalelo Nyauza. Uh, we also wish a happy birthday to Spain and Barcelona legend Andres Iniesta. Yes. We wish a happy birthday to uh, Kaiser Chiefs forward Leonardo Castro as well, and also to South African sprinter uh, Gift 
Leotlela, who I think was a part of that 4 by 100 meter side that snatched victory at the recent World Championships. So congratulations to that team as well. Uh, all right. Uh, so we need to get through Place Your Best real quick. I know we're running out of time. Uh, so with the uh, relegation battle going as it is, place your bets. Who you got for TTM versus Marisburg United? Uh, Teko's not going to agree with me, but I'm going with TTM. TTM for the win. <laughs> You know very well that I'm not going to go with you. Matters back. Matters <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, from there, we move over to the CAF Champions League quarterfinal stage. It's crunch time this weekend. We're going to have to stream these things. I don't think it's on our TV screens. Uh, but we have Kaiser Chiefs versus Simba. For those not familiar with Simba, they're no slouches. They qualified for the quarterfinals top of their group. So it's not going to be an easy affair, but we got to back our boys and, and hope for the best. So who you got Chiefs versus Simba? Yeah, uh, we've got to go with Chiefs. I'm going with a 2-1 home victory, Chiefs. Deco, who you got? Um, I'm going with Kaiser Chiefs. 1-0. One, 1-0 one, one nil. One nil win. And then yeah. the hardest one, I think, to call. Al-Akli versus Sundowns. Uh, Pizzo versus his old team. The Sundowns coaches versus their old boss. Um, I mean, it was when the draw was happening... I knew in my soul that this was going to happen. I, I can't describe it, but I, I could just feel it. Mm. Um, who do you have in this uh, meeting of of northern and southern giants? Sure, massive game. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go for a nil nil draw, which makes the return leg that much more exciting. So I'm going to go nil nil. Mm. Deco, who you got? Uh, one one that away that one away goal. Uh, from mm. Mooney Sundowns will give them that advantage that they need whenever they come back home. But it's just that they're playing with the master of the Champions League. So for me, it's going to be very interesting. It is going to be very interesting. I almost don't know who to root for because obviously I want to root for the South African team, but I also don't want Pizzo, Pizzo's job to be on the line because you know how the Egyptians are, are fickle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, as we close out the show, we're going to get into the Car of the Week and Motivational Quote just now. But I just want to preview. We will be chatting about Brighton and Flongo next week. We have to chat about him. He's been forced into early retirement due to an eye injury, oh. um, which, which, which really sucks. We just don't have enough time for it on the show today. Uh, and we also, want to get into a couple of other things next week particularly having a, a, an in-depth look at the relegation battle and PSL playoff picture and hopefully looking at that uh, top three for the Glad Africa Championship as well uh, but you know life is a journey we reach our destination when we get there and we need a car of the week to do so so this car of the week is the new Mercedes GLC, which has been advertised all over Soccer and Women's website this week. So I thought I might just give a little bit of a, a review. Not short of rivals and very important car for Mercedes. The GLC is the middle-sized crossover 4x4 Benz, basically a C-class estate on stilts. It battles with the Alfa Romeo Salvio, the BMW X3, the Audi Q5, the Porsche Macan, the Lexus NX, and the Land Rover Discovery Sport. Its bread and butter heartland depends on a new family of four and six cylinder turbo petrol and diesel engines. You get four wheel drive and an automatic gearbox as standard across the range and five seats, not seven. The regular GLC isn't a memorable car though, but it does cover the bases needed in its class well. It's a handsome, well-appointed, easy to drive car that doesn't demand a sporting attack, attack mentality from its driver. Refinement is pleasing. The new engines are smoother and it won't bake Break the bank to run. Starts around about 800,000 up to 1.2 mil with all the bells and whistles 
I love Mercedes. I give it an eight and a half out of ten. Very, very nice. Did you say it drives that one? No, no, no. I, I just saw it uh, being advertised on Soccer Dreamer's website, so I thought I'd just go into it a bit more. Ah, I see, I see. I was wondering why they were why you were talking about my car, you know. Anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. I don't have it just yet, but I, I might be able to get there, you know, if I if I get some inspiration, some motivation from my guy, Mr. Roberts. By the way, from next week, I, I do want to mention this on the air so that I so that I, I have to call myself out if I forget. But I want Deco to start doing motivational quote of the week. Because I feel uh, like we, we, yeah, no, we let Sean talk for like five minutes at the end of every show. So I'm going to pass, beautiful. I'm going to maybe show, beautiful. maybe Sean, Sean will, you, you, guide. But, guide. 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 all the time. Come on. No, don't, 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 don't worry. Don't worry. Why are you stressing? You end up losing weight. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. All right, tight, tight. But this week, of course, it's still Sean's job. Who you got for us this week? Right, I got my boy, Orlando Pirates midfielder, Lyndon Tambo. He says, Dress how you want to be addressed. Remember, every day is a special occasion. Mm, damn, man! It feels like Linda is calling me out I'm in my in my sweatpants, and <laughs> looking grimy. But uh, there you have it. That was episode number seventy-three of the Car Wash, proudly brought to you by Heineken. Uh, thank you very much for tuning into the show, whether you've been listening to us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or Mahi Kang 96.7 FM's Game Time. Thank you very much. I've been your host, Slu. That has been Mr. Sean Roberts. And that has been Mr. Teko Mudise. And we will see you all same time, same place next week. Peace. Today is a great day for a car wash. Yeah, sure. Car wash. <laughs> this is the car wash on the SL podcast. This is a song on a car.